welcome to The Off Five. This is a podcast about The Office. I'm Addy. I'm Nathan. We're re-watching The Office. We're getting to season three. We don't care who knows it. We're here. We made it. We're in episode one, season three. Yes. And it's called Gay Witch Hunt. Came out on September 21st, 2006. Wow. This is still a long time ago. It was a really long... Well, it's 2019 now, so... The dinosaurs roamed the earth. Yeah, and it was okay to say the F word on TV. Yeah, the F word that ends with G-Y. Yeah, not U-C-K. Should we say um, either of those words on this? Should I'm we beep st- it out? Or I'm sh- still up in the air, I mean... Let's say fig leaf. Okay, fig leaf. As a code. Yeah, okay, And then we'll it. still say f- but we'll just edit it out. Okay. <laughs> we'll do a beep. Because if we beep out <laughs> the other one, I don't think anyone will know what we're talking about. True. All right. Good. Handshake. Deal on that. <laughs> You're a transformer. <laughs> I didn't know. So this is a podcast where we look at the episodes of The Office through different lenses and different segments that we have. And I have a brand new one for season three. Are you ready for this? Y'all... Yeah. Y'all ready for ready this? Ready for this. Yes, I'm ready. It's called Wikipedia is the best thing ever. So you know you're getting the best possible information. We'll probably shorten that later. But uh, it's where I read the description. I've been doing that forever, but now it has a name. Yes. You know how like in some cultures you don't name the kid for a couple years or something till you make sure they're going to make it? Yeah. I didn't want to name this segment until I was sure it was going to stay It's going to make it. It's actually one of my favorite segments. It's like essential. And a lot of the named segments we had before died yeah they did sudden death syndrome (laughs) oh no all right so in this episode michael scott discovers that oscar martinez is gay michael tries to show oscar that he is accepting of his sexual orientation but only ends up insulting him it is also revealed that after kissing pam beasley jim halpert went through with transferring to stamford in addition pam called off her engagement with roy anderson unrelated (laughs) she says yeah, she says. That's what she said. Or that's what he said, because gay rights. Yep, we learned something today. Or that's what they said. Yeah, that's true. Or that's what, um, what are the other ones? <laughs> Z. That's what Z said? Yeah. That's what Z said. <laughs> that's what Z said. <laughs> okay, right now let's go to Great Scott Productions and Trivia, where we talk about the productions and trivia of the episode. Great Scott this episode was written by Greg Daniels. We know him. He's the executive producer and the showrunner. And it's directed by Ken Quapes, who's done some of the greatest episodes, including, oh, I don't know. Diversity uh, Day? Booze Cruise? Casino Night? Are you kidding yeah. me? Are you kidding me? These are gold. Yeah. He's a he's an old hand. He did the pilot, too. Some other things, some trivia is that the kiss between Steve Carell and Oscar Nunez was, well, that was weird. Yeah, it was weird. Because when you first said the kiss, I was thinking of Jim and Pam, but then you said Oscar and Michael, another kiss that happened. This episode early on flashes back to that kiss and you get to find out whether or not it worked out for them. I know. I love that. And then in the next episode, they flash back to this episode to find out whether or not it worked out between Michael and Oscar. (laughs) Spoilers, it it didn't. It did not. It did not. Yeah. (laughs) unfortunately wouldn't that be hilarious if like uh, at that point they just like like during a quiet moment just get cut back to that kiss <laughs> and michael just looking at his desk well that was really interesting in terms of the production um because we don't get a lot of flashbacks with the office That's i feel true. like and this one in particular is really important because i mean imagine you're in 2005 mm-hmm. or six ish and you're waiting for months to find out what happened you know what happens between jim and pam on casino night and you don't really get to know until um this episode where all of a sudden jim's gone pam is back eating her um wedding food (laughs) (laughs) i have a question about that (laughs) oh no for a segment called question question which is a segment that you can just you can it can be anytime anytime so how quick did they call off their wedding like the food was already made well she said that they called off a few days before and they had already paid for the food but what, what does that mean you already, they already you, like you already made them into separate meals they had, to, they had to, yes Is it like an airplane <laughs> they had an airplane company to cater they their had, it was yes they had to just eat it they it got, was southwest they got hungry man dinners to cater their wedding <laughs> chicken or fish it feels like you would just have a bunch of like ingredients 
Not like a whole bunch of tins of food. Um, can we just take the raw, we'll take the raw meat and we'll cook it ourselves. <laughs> Don't worry, we'll, we'll microwave it every day in this tin. Oh wait, that doesn't work at all. No. Are you speaking from experience when you uh, say that? When you heated your beer up earlier? Yeah, I, I enjoy a hot can of beer. Yeah. Okay, well that answers that question. Question answered. <laughs> resolved. Okay, so them improvising that kiss... It's crazy because that is probably the biggest moment in the entire episode. Yeah, that's amazing. The Michael, the Michael one, and the Michael kiss. Steve Carell, man, if this show had not had him in it, I don't know if it would have lasted because he just flat out improvised some of the. He wrote the last great episode. Yeah, he's a genius. Honestly, he really carries the show. Well, I wouldn't say the show, but maybe this episode at least. Yeah, obviously he didn't carry the show because later on he's not on it and it's just as good Mm. (laughs) (laughs) we'll get to that (laughs) and also even if that were true i feel like it was the momentum of him having been on it that kept it going right 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 show's very michael centric so okay well i think that's enough production and trivia don't you think yeah there's some great deleted scenes check them out if you're Look at the DVD. I'd never seen them before this time, and I thought they were really funny. They were, yeah, there were some really good ones. Some really bad ones, too, that I, I know why they're deleted, but there are some that were like, oh, man, this should should have been a bonus episode. But it's weird, because even the bad episodes, it ruins your conception of the characters. If they'd been left I know. in, I think that the characters might have just gone a different direction. But as it is, it seems like they're they're not canon, you know? like Yeah, exactly. The version of Karen that's in the deleted scenes doesn't exist. She's like, office. she's so not feminist in the deleted scenes, the coworker breastfeeding. Right. And she said, put your udder away. I was like, what? That was Karen. utterly offensive. That was so utterly offensive. I was like, Karen. But now I just have to delete it from my mind because I can't really think of her that way, you know? But you can still get it on the special features of your mind. Exactly. At any time. If I wanted to go in depth about Karen Filippelli, I would say, well... Just access the menu and yeah. queue it up. Yeah, exactly. All right. Well, let's move on. <laughs> uh, let's do the references a little bit later, but let's go straight to the Finer Things Club where we talk about the things we love in this episode. Yes. It's very okay. exclusive. I loved a lot of things about this episode. There were not a lot of things I wrote down just because a lot of it comes up in other areas like our segment on characters or our segment on the filming of the show. But I did write down clipping fingernails, which refers to Dwight clipping his fingernails. In the first scene, or at least the cold opening, mm-hmm. of season three. Yeah. Which is a turning point, because now his nails are shorter. <laughs> <laughs> and Jim's not there to prank him. That's right. No pranks for Dwight. He can just cut his nails, and Ryan will just look over and be like, huh. One of my favorite things is when Dwight is talking to Michael about Gaydar and he says about Jim, yeah, he didn't tell the truth a lot. <laughs> I know that whole Gaydar thing was hilarious. It made me think of our current president. <laughs> he didn't tell the truth a lot or Gaydar? Uh, he didn't tell the truth a lot. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Yeah, I like the Brookstone versus Sharper Image. Classic debate. Yeah, classic debate. Are you a Brookstone girl or a Sharper Image lad? I'm actually more of a Sky Mall person. Wow. Yeah. Me too. I mean, they I'm just glad have you a lot that. of. Yeah. Sky Mall is great. And I feel it has both the best of Brookstone and. Um, An airplane. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Can fly, but it's got stuff. Exactly. I think Sky Mall is amazing. You're just looking through it. My, my jaw just drops a lot. I'm like, I just want to turn to whoever stranger I'm sitting to and be like, sir. Would you buy this? Would you buy this? And I think that like some of the stuff that you're like, wow, that's genius. Why didn't I think of that? Only you would find at a thrift store like right. four years later. It's like the thin air up there. And you're like, huh, I do need a zombie that looks like it's coming out of my yard. <laughs> that, that is a thing I need to buy. How I much need- is it? $80? Well, that's not much to pay for someone to think that there's a zombie crawling out of your garden. I'll find this for eleven fifty at thrift right next year oh yeah i will because i won't buy it i don't buy that stuff <laughs> okay but you do, you are the best thrifter i've ever met thank you i bought that thank tommy you. bahama party cooler which comes on wheels and it's great every time i have a party uh had one last year 
<laughs> takes up room all the time. Oh no. Um, what else you got for Finer Thing Club? I really liked Michael's moment when he breaks down in front of everyone um, and says, "I'm sorry, I called you fig leaf." <laughs> <laughs> That's just a nice moment. Yeah, it really speaks to the core of Michael's character, which I think we'll get into a little bit later. Yeah, it does. But I also think that here we are again with um, Oscar having to do the emotional labor for Michael. Right. And having to say, it's okay. Although Oscar does invite that on himself by physically shutting the door as Michael tries to leave. That's true. That's true. (laughs) That'd be a little intimidating in a different situation. Yeah. I've never really kind of scrutinized that moment, Mm -hmm. but... It's kind of in between where Michael's putting him on the spot and where Michael's just trying to leave because Oscar tells him that, you know, yeah. this is not cool. Right. Yeah, but upon, like, second viewing of it or third or fourth or whatever it was, you know, you're just kind of like, wait, what's going on here? There's a- It is weird. It's like a switch. Yeah. It is weird that Oscar, for, like, putting up with stuff and having such a tough day, like, flips the tables yeah. that late. Yeah, that late. And I don't know what was on his mind for that. I don't know. Was well, he trying to get the three-month paid vacation or? I don't think so. I think he just felt pity. Yeah. Another one of my favorite things. This whole episode is a little bit dated, you know, pre-marriage equality, stuff like that. But I love when Michael says, it's up to me to put it into 100,000 years of people being weirded out by gays. <laughs> oh, yeah. Yeah. It's like it all comes down to him. And the 100,000 years is such a weird time to have picked. Yeah, that is. <laughs> so you know the Bible was like, the New Testament was like 2,000 years ago? Like 100,000. <laughs> 50 times longer than that amount of time was when weirded out by gays started. <laughs> But then also, and that was up to him to fix it. It's not the show; it's Michael. Yeah, they're writing this character with the the thought in mind that you know that this is like an example of what not to be, basically. Right. Yeah. But this was pre legal rights, so it's kind of kind of cool to have like that flashback. And I tell you, when that happened, I was going on the internet and I just wanted to read some things of people that disagreed, you know. And I was so like because because i'm a uh, masochist <laughs> and and i was like oh uh but i couldn't find anything really and i was like why is that and it's like oh it's because i was searching marriage equality people that are against it do not call it marriage equality no they call it gay marriage <laughs> it was a microcosm of like how your own system of belief in your own language can stop you from hearing dissenting opinions because it just the literally the words that i searched in google didn't come up with any dissenting opinions because of the words i picked and that must happen across the spectrum of beliefs for every issue yeah i mean like you take like pro-life that's not like putting any emphasis on choice yeah anti-choice yeah exactly (laughs) <laughs> and, was, and you're going to search anti-choice. You're not going to get any like pro-life. That's you know? right. Yeah. I don't know. Yeah. Writings or I don't know. What did we learn today? We learned a lot. We obviously. need to get on with this episode. Yeah, we really do. <laughs> <laughs> okay. So let's move on from the Finer Things Club. Close that <laughs> book. Leave it behind. But we got to make sure YouTube comes down to film this. This is where we talk about how the show is or is not like a mockumentary because that fluctuates and changes from time to time. What do you have for that? Well, in this episode, there's a lot of questions about um, the mockumentary or the documentary crew, like especially because Jim is in a different location now. Mm-hmm. He's in Stanford, and obviously they have a documentary crew up there too. Right. And the other coworkers there seem pretty chill with it at this point. I mean, and it's unclear kind of if they're following Jim specifically or, you know, if any of the other characters had moved on, would they follow them? Was there a crew there the whole time and it got edited out? Exactly. Because Karen, I, don't think so. I mean, who knows? Because Karen kind of in her interview with just the cameraman says, you know, Jim keeps looking at the camera like this. Yeah. I thought that was what weird. What is that? Yeah. No one said, why did a camera crew come with Jim? Exactly. Like, that was your question that you come to is, like, he looks at the camera weird. Yeah. What about the question of 
She's like, look how I look at the camera. Yeah. Normal. (laughs) Why is there a camera crew here? And like, maybe that plays into why Karen thinks that Jim is such a suck up because Mm -hmm. he also has a camera crew with him, which (laughs) is kind of weird. I don't know. I never Um, thought of that. But it's just, it's it's like kind of flawless in a way that you're like kind of questioning. Is this guy having a HBO documentary made about him? Exactly. Wait, no, it's going to be on PBS and. 15 years or 10 years yeah yeah that is really weird i I thought about that too they sent that off and you know spoilers jim comes back but how long were they gonna stay there like exactly and it was it just because he and pam had a a plot line that they were interested in or you know because say dwight moved away would they follow him or phyllis well, so Dwight does leave the office, but they just go down there to interview him once. At Staples? Yeah. Yeah. And then when Karen leaves, yeah, they get one interview. Right. And then and she later. Like, pops up like in a couple episodes, but it's not, I don't know. I guess the question is, is they didn't it follow editing? Her. Yeah. It's, it's like related to the other characters going there. And the cuts are back and forth. I mean, mm-hmm. you know, especially like during the phone conversation when um they're calling about the gaydar yeah you see jim's um side of the conversation and then you see michael and and dwight which makes for a hilarious moment because they're like yeah darn it's sold out and then michael's really disappointed well i think it would have been almost as funny and like more realistic if they didn't have the other end of it but you kind of assume he's like talking to dwight or something or i don't know i always did but when when you see michael and dwight there it's a lot funnier yeah. But yeah, there's you got to think there'd be a lot of phone calls between the branches where a cameraman wasn't pointing at the two people on the phone call at exactly. the very time when they're having that. I mean, I guess at Stanford, they're on gym all the time because they don't care about the other people. It doesn't really seem like. But for such little footage, you know? Yeah, exactly. That they're getting, and like they're just barely talking to anyone else. Yeah. And you're getting kind of a taste of the other characters like Andy and Karen, the new characters and then um josh. the manager josh yeah yeah but in terms of adding to the plot or to the storyline for the documentary i don't know why that would be relevant for our purposes like as viewers of the office the show yeah it's obviously works out well but yeah i guess it's one of those things like it just really needs to be there for the show but it does break the reality of the documentary crew a little bit which is exasperated by the fact that they talk about the documentary crew in this episode yeah so it's not like you can ignore that it's like these are the ones where they should pull back (laughs) and not comment on the documentary so that you could at least suspend your disbelief a little bit more although to be honest a lot of this stuff i didn't notice till we're doing the podcast but yeah this uh having the whole crew there you know another sound guy or something like that with no indication that he's gonna move back i was just wondering what would you think if jim had just left and the episodes just kept going on. And John Krasinski just isn't there. Except for that maybe that one phone call he has with Pam. Although that'd be weird if there's a documentary crew for that. But then he just comes back when the branches merge. But you just think he's off the show now. Because it's not completely out of the realm of possibility. Because on Parks and Rec, there is a like kind of romantic interest the first season. Who's like one of the main characters? Like he's in the credits and everything. And then they were gonna cut his role a little bit in the second season because she was gonna move on and like date other people. And he just said, "I'll just leave the show." Mark Bradana quits, <laughs> and he's just gone forever after that. Oh. And he's like one of the main characters in the first season. Yeah, I mean, I feel like that would give you more of a sense of, um, I don't know, suspense. But it's not doing anything for the plot that's really major. Mm-hmm. between jim and pam which right. is what keeps people watching i feel at that i mean at least in 2006 like well and this would be a totally different show because this season gets a lot of interaction out of the two branches too which i love um, right and like even at the convention right. and like there's so many different opportunities for them to interact but it's because they know like the writers know that they have to because they've already yeah kind of started that i i mean i feel i don't know i think so too if they keep the show together that way yeah but it's weird that they sent a whole crew to follow him <laughs> yeah okay 
should we go into our look at the characters called do you think the world is crawling with phyllis's did you didn't have anything else for we got to get youtube down to film this honestly no do you have anything else um there's one other moment that i noticed where pam is talking about her engagement to roy or the wedding and as she's talking they're zooming in on her finger so you know what she's gonna say before she says it which is kind of interesting because i mean you're not really expecting that she told jim that she was gonna marry roy i guess you don't find that out till the flashback but still i mean you kind of know that the kiss didn't work out yeah when it first starts and you don't know that jim's not there until they pan over and it's ryan then he says he got the job by the way the cold open ends with the dwight fake crying over jim oh just a great moment we not have that in finer things i don't know jim jim false i do not miss him (laughs) also when they're talking to roy you know they get the footage of his like dui and stuff or like the the still of his mugshot maybe they just got it off mugshots.com right uh, yeah uh, do you have a copy of your mugshot so we could just uh put it in while you're talking about your low point <laughs> that'd be great and you look like alvin in the chipmunks alvin Cute chubby. oh okay like he has a uh, cheek full of seeds yeah exactly saved up for the winter yeah that was his low point <laughs> he was saving up whiskey for the spring gross um okay so now i'm ready for the characters all right so let's talk about them let's just almost all the characters get a moment in this one which is great but let's go through them kind of quickly for that reason okay what about ryan ryan is talking about his future at dunder mifflin Mm -hmm. he's not really looking forward to it he's a junior sales associate at a mid-range paper supply he's sitting in jim's spot and pam keeps looking over at him yeah and ryan doesn't really have a sense of humor no, because in the meeting, Pam kind of, when Michael said, I don't even remember what Michael says, but Pam looks over and starts laughing at Ryan and oh, he's like. It's a uh, homo sapiens. Oh, yeah. <laughs> We're all, all homo yeah. sapiens. In a way. And, and Ryan is just like, what? Yeah. Stop staring at me. Kelly is like really excited when Michael and Oscar kiss and she thinks Oscar is so cool now because he's gay. Yeah, he's so in. She definitely underestimated him. Right. She just thought he was a boring, cisgender straight guy. Yeah. 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 Um, Toby really puts the kibosh on talking about fig leaves. <laughs> yeah. He has a big plot involvement. He kicks off the entire plot, which if I were Oscar, or I don't know do you think toby let everyone down in this episode or like should he yeah. have brought this up because i feel like oscar should have been able to bring this up to his hnr <laughs> hnr block uh his, <laughs> his hr rep but i don't think that toby should have told michael knowing no. everything he knows he knows michael really well yeah and and he knows that michael is gonna tell everyone and i don't know also toby said no gay does not mean lame yeah and i'm like but you can't say lame either come on toby (laughs) like come on so i just feel like you know he says yeah you should just use another word like lame yeah yeah like oscar's like it's like he doesn't have a leg now yeah exactly like you know he's disabled okay he's uncool (laughs) yeah because he's yeah okay well he's not equally abled exactly does that roll off the tongue yeah he's not he's not able-bodied you know what i'm sure this isn't the best thing to say but all these things that people make fun of for they're like the same things over time it's the things that you know like they keep changing the words but like you know like i don't even want to say all of them but you know like like all the things that people say for people being uh dumb you know you can't they can't even get around it there are no words yeah dumb means you can't talk idiotic and moronic are like old words for being intellectually disabled they're not like just because you moved on and made a new word, the old word is like, oh, that's cool. You can use that one because that doesn't mean anything anymore. And it's like, but it, the only reason people use it, the only reason it's in the lexicon is because it was at some point the medical diagnosis for a type of person. And then like, it's just been so long that people don't remember that anymore. So it's okay to say it. But oh, you can't say the R word because that's 
that was recent. That's not the current one, but it was only one ago. So we can't say that one. But we can say the one that were like two or three ago. It's yeah. It's just like ridiculous. But you know, now the new word for that is intellectual disability. I don't think that's going to catch on as a slur. Yeah, which like, I feel like they, uh, they might have finally beat them. Yeah, <laughs> you know exactly. what I mean? Like make it make it a little harder to to say. Yeah. Like um, Abraham Lincoln just recently became funny. Yeah. The assassination. So, you know, it's going to take a while for intellectually disabled to become a derogatory term. I think so. People are having to get a lot faster at talking. Yeah, exactly. But anyway, yeah, that is that is interesting with the lame thing. Yeah, I do feel like Toby kind of threw Oscar under the bus by telling Michael right away. Although in the deleted scenes, I know this isn't canon, but he did say, Oscar said that during the interview he told right. michael that he was gay yeah and michael said you're the funniest person i've ever met like I hired, hired him, him on the spot and then he said that's the only reason he's kept it a secret so it wasn't he wasn't even really closeted he was just it was just in this one situation that seems weird yeah but it's just weird because now he's gonna have to be outed to the entire office in like a weird situation why didn't toby just tell michael you can't say that he does, it doesn't know. matter that it doesn't that Oscar matter that is Oscar... gay. That it, that's the problem is what Michael said. Exactly. <laughs> so like, don't put he, it on Oscar. And like, then Michael has the idea that, oh, I can't say that to gay people. Well, that's what he's thought. He said, I've never made that mistake before. We're going to be like, yeah. um, oh, by the way, you said that to Oscar. We'd really prefer you only say that to straight people. Exactly. Like, okay. no. You could call them all gay all day long, but don't call Oscar that. Yeah, like when he says, like, you call your friends the R word, not actual R word people. Yeah. Which so they don't get it. Nobody gets it. No. We get it, though. Well, we're getting there. Okay. <laughs> we need to have a talk to HR. But you know, anyway, Toby doesn't do anything super great in this one. He invites Jan in. He can't stop this terrible meeting that's happening, this conference room meeting. So overall, I'm giving Toby a failing grade. Who else we got? Um, We have... Andy, a new character. I'd love to talk about Andy, a new character. He calls um, Jim Big Tuna, and he also gets his calculator in Jello, and yeah. then he freaks out. And can I say, that's not really the same thing as putting a stapler in Jello because it's got a computer in it. Yeah, now that T9100 is ruined. <laughs> I don't think so. <laughs> Uh, well the jello is <laughs> yeah th- no one's gonna eat that jello now because they got battery acid in it that's the 2032 yeah we get andy's character traits laid out real quick mm-hmm. cornell acapella drunk anger issues here uh, comes trouble interested in ladies kind of but like in an immature way exactly and is kind of off put by jim's presence mm-hmm. kind of thinks he's gonna be like a competitive character or something okay so let's talk about that do you think that jim has been more assertive because in this one he does say he'll like cold call clients and he's like well we find out in the deleted scenes he is the the arm the assistant regional manager yeah i do do they say that in the regular no i don't think they do i mean he said he got later he said he got a promotion but it doesn't really say well because he says it's obvious why i moved here because I got a promotion and you're like, no, because yeah. you got rejected. But yeah, I mean, he is kind of being a suck up now, which yeah. is weird because I think it's all just a bigger idea of Jim. Uh, you know, later on, Jim like wants to be better or like has bigger ambitions. Right now, he's just a big old pile of denial. Yeah, he is. He's. It's like he's focusing his energy on something else because I feel like at Scranton... You kind of have to have like your quirks to get mm-hmm. along in the office. Yeah. And when you go to Stanford, it's like it seems like this more professional environment where people are actually trying to do work and like mm-hmm. Josh is a respectable manager. And so he's like just assimilating basically. He like has to put energy into it because he doesn't have anything else. He doesn't have any friends exactly. there. His family is not there. Like all he has is his work now. Exactly. And and hopefully his money makes him happy. Yeah. Well, it can only do that up to an, an extent. Um, That's not what I've heard. It's more money, more happy. 
<laughs> I've heard you can only make like 120,000 and then your happiness level kind of plateaus. That's true. I wouldn't know. Yeah. But. I don't know because I'm cause I'm making three hundred thousand dollars a year and I don't even know what it would be like to make <laughs> that little. Oh man! Don't, I wish. Don't look up at me. <laughs> yeah. Okay. Well, and let's talk about our other new character then, Karen. Karen Filippelli. Oh, Andy. We should say he's played by Ed Helms from movies. Evan Almighty. Sure. Is he in that? Hangover. He's in uh, Bruce Almighty. Oh, that's Isn't what he? I meant. Well, I mean, he's the reporter and the one where... Steve Crow Is the Noah. He wasn't really famous till The Hangover, which is after this, notably. Otherwise, he probably wouldn't have been on this show. Yeah. But he was on, like, The Daily Show and stuff like that before. True. But then Karen is played by Rashida Jones, who is Quincy Jones's daughter. Right. And Rashida Jones' dad is Quincy Jones, is more relatable. I don't know Quincy Jones. You don't know Quincy Jones? Who is that? He's produced Michael Jackson albums and like, and he. Oh uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. He, Michael Jackson. Uh, he he produced a bunch of stuff and uh, and he like created the Fresh Prince of Bel Air and. Oh. <laughs> there we go. West Philadelphia. Nineties kids. Re- no. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um. Yeah. I've only had one song stuck in my head for the past ten years, and it's the Fresh Prince hmm. theme song. Well, let me tell you a story. <laughs> <laughs> oh no um so karen she doesn't really like jim right off the bat she seems pretty stern yeah she seems like she doesn't really have a good sense of humor uh neither does andy yeah <laughs> but they both but she don't. but he seems more goofy and she seems more serious of the two of them yeah they both don't have good sense of humor so though i'd say yeah uh i mean karen does have a good sense of humor later but does she show anything like that in this one no not really um and it's just it it all seems a little bit clicky yeah which makes you feel bad for jim because he has it hard enough the woman he loves is engaged to be married (laughs) yep uh that's Uh, all i really have for her yeah me too oh well too bad um so stanley is really upset about the toaster that he bought for the wedding um now he's two toasters in his house i think this is a really good example of like what I like about the office is that you get a situation and then you get all these different perspectives mm-hmm. about it. And to Stanley, this is really important to him because he wasted money on a toaster and he couldn't return it. And so it's not anything to do about, you know, I feel bad for Pam because her wedding's canceled or I feel bad that Jim left. You know, <laughs> there's true. no empathy. It's just <laughs> my toaster. And it's so Stanley, but he's still lovable. He's a simple man with simple interests. He just wants to keep his damn money. Yeah, and <laughs> he just wants monologue... to have his wine and his bathtub at the end of the night. For the antioxidants. Mm-hmm. He's so funny in this scene, and I've... it's because he says the word toaster so many times. Mm-hmm. <laughs> if he said it, it wouldn't be nearly as funny. Like, I bought them a toaster. They returned the toaster. Now, I tried to return the toaster. They said the toasters on they don't sell this kind of toaster. Yeah, it's it's so much funnier than this house has two toasters, which it implies that he like opened them up and they're just right next to each other. It's a rookie mistake. There would be more weddings in the future, or just save it till your other one breaks. That's an idea. Or just give it to your daughter. Or but if if I remember correctly, later on Stanley does go to another wedding and gives them a toaster. So it made me wonder if it's the same toaster he saved the box for. Phyllis. Phyllis and Bob Vance? Uh, I don't remember if it's that one or Jim and Pam again. Or Jim, you know. Either way. It's the same wedding, remember? Yeah, pretty much. Yeah, the P.A. Pam Anderson. What about... Oh, I really want to get into Angela in a big way. That's what he said. (laughs) (laughs) Angela is the most judgmental. And she's not gay. She's very severe. She could. I could see her with another woman. Couldn't you? (laughs) <laughs> uh she but out of everybody she doesn't grow or get over her homophobia no she doesn't i don't know i feel like she's a representation of um just religious people the I don't evangelical know. community like, yeah i don't know um just really looks down on oscar in yeah, general i think so and she i mean she says like don't touch me to oscar but it's not like it's not like hey i'm i'm walking here it's like 
I don't want a gay person to touch me. Yeah, Yeah, exactly. And then Oscar's trying to get out of the situation accidentally. Pushes her over and... And Dwight reacts. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. It'd be pretty easy to tell something's going on, I feel like, but... Yeah. But, you know, no one really cares. So... (laughs) (laughs) The uh, D-plot. Creed has a good line about uh, not being offended. He doesn't know if, you know... It wouldn't be easy to tell somebody slipped in. Yeah. And it's kind of building on Creed's like mysterious 60s past, you know, being in probably at Woodstock, you know, he's playing so with the grassroots. Burnt, he doesn't even know what his t- job title is. But more so than just not being offended, he is like actively checking out the the porn when Dwight's oh, yeah. showing it, researching it for Michael. He's, him, he's like Meredith looking over. Yeah. And, him and Meredith. Kevin. Yeah. They're like, they want to see what's going on. Yeah. Don't they have computers? They I have get, those. Uh, they don't safe know how to search. take the ad blocker off. Yep, yep. <laughs> and uh, we found out that Phyllis is engaged to Bob Vance. Vance Refrigeration. Oh, that is sweet. Is this the first time that she said Bob Vance without saying Vance Refrigeration yeah. ever? It's too bad because I feel like it would be a lot funnier. Yeah, but she still does say Bob Vance. Yeah. Like they wouldn't know if she just said Bob. Yeah, that's true. And she, Bob, who? Oh, yeah, the one you're dating. Weird. Yeah. <laughs> and then she shows her ring off. Her big old diamond. Um, right after Michael says, she, or no, Dwight says she makes absolutely no attempt to be feminine, which is <laughs> crazy because she is wearing so much makeup and perfume, which are like the most stereotypically feminine yeah. things all the time. So if regardless of how feminine you perceive her, she is definitely making an attempt to be feminine 24 hours a day. It's true. I think it's, they're mistaking that for um that they're not attracted to her exactly but you know who is bob vance i was gonna say me no <laughs> but bob vance le- only thing you're giving it. me is a boner <laughs> <laughs> oh no um so that's phyllis she's gonna get married and she's gonna have a great wedding hopefully who else do we have um we got the big ones let's talk about roy a little bit though roy really wants to win pam back he really wants to win her back but all he did was bring her chicken the chicken dinner and say how's your day and she says excellent which Uh, have you ever said excellent about your day a dunder mifflin or anywhere i've never said like how's your day excellent i work with little kids and you ask some of them how they're doing they say good because it's just like built in doesn't it's not really a question yeah it's true but you know what that's not all he did he also grew a nice beard Nice short beard. Hey. He's got nice color in his cheeks. Um, I, I He's a rosy little boy now. I think he's looking good. I think he's looking better than he's ever looked. I said, wow. He could win her back when he said that. I was like, oh, Roy. Yeah. Uh, you know, he doesn't just bring her chicken, though. He heats up two different dishes. And says, do you want fish or chicken? And she, she just gets to pick, and he just eats whatever she doesn't want. Oh. Or he throws That's it away so- and gets another item. <laughs> <laughs> well, we're we're out of all of our dumb wedding food. Okay. Uh, but yeah, I mean, I mean, not dumb. Sorry. He's being nice, but he did get a DUI, and he had a photoshopped mug shot of him where they made his. They it looks like they grabbed the edge of his lower jaw and just kind of pulled it out on Photoshop so that that's the shape he is now. There's only a few instances of um, the office having like these photos or i don't know like flashback kind of things like photo evidence um one of them is michael with ed truck when he's younger right another is jim and jim when he's younger yeah and then when michael gets that photo taken of the group even though that's current it's still like a photo right like i'm a i'm a genius at photoshop yeah yeah so there's only a couple of those so i really like those yeah i do too i wish they did that more yeah, I mean, indirectly, they do, like, the baby photos and stuff, but... Oh, yeah, that's true. Yeah, but that's not the same thing as, like, just cutting to a shot. hmm How did they... Uh, I can't even picture what it looks like on the screen now, but, you know, like, a photo isn't the same aspect ratio as a, a TV show, so how? what did they do on the outside? There's not black? even a border. I feel like it's just full screen. It's just full screen, black... Oh, no border? Just like the photo? I don't think there's a border. Weird. I know. That's why it's like, how did they do that editing? Because the same thing with the flashback of the kiss, you know, the situation, like, did they like fade into it or did it just kind of cut? Yeah. I feel like it was like 
like basically in Pam's brain because it's like she's looking at Ryan and then it zooms into her right. and then it goes into the cut, you know? It's a film device, not a not a real documentary style, I guess. Oh, and we didn't talk about Meredith yet. Meredith Palmer? Yeah, more like Al- Arnold Palmer. Wait, no, never mind. <laughs> That's not alcoholic. Meredith is drinking hand sanitizer in this episode, lapping it out of her hand. I know. I can't believe it. Alcoholic cat. I can't believe it. With a hand. Poor Meredith. Yeah. Um, And (laughs) the fact that she's drinking this hand sanitizer that I think, question, did did Angela bring in this hand sanitizer? Did she go to the store and buy it just because she found out there's a gay person? Oh, no. Because otherwise, it kind of implies that Meredith would have drank it before or... It also still yeah. implies that Meredith probably had some at some point and drank it all already. I would agree with that statement that Angela did go out and buy it because there's a gay person in the office. So later on, when they're talking about whether or not Meredith is an alcoholic, she is. That would have been a good example. Yeah. I mean, no one else saw it except for the camera crew. But like, non-alcoholic people do not drink hand sanitizer. Like, so- oh, I just Yuck. drink socially lap hand sanitizer out of my hand. Yuck. Yeah. Poor is Meredith. It, is that good? Like, she didn't even add it to some tonic. <laughs> and lime. Or some Stars and Stripes cola. That's right. Not at all. All right. Let's go on to Dwight, who is, again, kind of the militant backup to Michael. Yeah. Especially with trying to figure out the gaydar, um, trying to figure out who's gay in the office. Yeah. And... He definitely has pit stains, is what I noticed in this episode. I don't remember the specific example, but he does raise his hand during the meeting. Uh-huh. And I I don't know. He just has pit stains, which makes me feel better about my pit stains. Is that honestly. Dwight or Rain Wilson? <laughs> I feel like he's probably Rain Wilson. Or a little bit of both. So I love how he's like absolutely sure no one in the office is gay. And then he's like, Oscar is. And he says, absolutely not. And, but then when he finds out that Oscar is gay, well, he's not wearing women's clothing. So like, <laughs> he's like stored that away as a hard fact. About gay people. Yeah. And later on, though, like in that conversation, he says that Angela could be gay. He's like, I really don't think so. But with Oscar, he was absolutely sure. I think he's just playing it cool because they're in a relationship. But he likes the idea of them being together, which is one of the classic hypocrisies of uh, homophobes. Oh, is what they like. To like, see girls kissing and stuff yeah, yeah, like that. But they could still be, like, homophobic. Yeah, that's uh, internalized misogyny right there. Mm. Because I don't feel like anyone who is identifying as female who is a homophobe would say, like, yeah, I really like to see guys kissing. Oh, maybe. I don't know. Yeah, I don't know. If you're a listener right now and you're <laughs> thinking, yeah, that's me. Well, it's like if you, like, you're attracted to guys, right? And then, then there's two of them. Double yeah. double the fun, and if you're not attracted to to a, g- a girl, then it's then why would they need to be there? Yeah, I guess. I, I don't know. know. I don't, I know, don't know. But anyway, it's it's human like, sexuality. It's too hard to pinpoint. Yeah, it's it's really too hard to cover on a podcast about episode <laughs> about the office. The office yeah. <laughs> um, well, let's try. No. Um, well, anyway, but Dwight also goes in with the the gaydar thing. Yeah. And, and at the end of the episode, there's a scene where he uses the gator, which is obviously a metal detector. Which, by the way, good investment for Jim. Like those aren't those like wand metal detectors aren't. Well, I don't know, cheap probably, but he like made this. You know, he made it look good. But also, you question, think he made that? Well, I don't know. But when do you think? Question: When did this scene take place? With the with uh, Dwight using the gator. Yeah, because it wasn't at the end, because Oscar's already gone by then. three to five business days. <laughs> right. right. Yeah, that'd be shipped to them. But yeah. Oscar was gone at the end of the day. It's like a weird alternate reality. It kind of, like we talked about before, like with the end of um, Diwali that's going to come up. Like, it just doesn't seem like it's part of that episode. Yeah. It's just like a fun gag that they thought of and put it at the end, but it clearly didn't happen in the timeline. And, and in this o- one, it's even more clear because Oscar left and like shipping speeds, like you said. And obviously, you're not supposed to really think that in depth about it because it's funny. So yeah, it's just like, oh, let's do a scene where he's trying out the gator. They didn't think about like logistics, probably, or maybe they didn't. They're like, no one will actually care. Well, this but one I have we noticed before. 
I've noticed oh, really? that, that that was like, like what? When, when did that happen? Because it's after Oscars, like, I'm going to Europe and like, <laughs> oh, you know? yeah. And I then it comes, saying. and it's obviously like an end of the episode gag because of the way it ends. Like, it couldn't, yeah. it couldn't just go into the next scene of the episode with him being yeah. like, oh, no. Well, at the by the end, I feel like Dwight thinks that Michael is gay. Right. And so then, ex- and so then accepts homosexuality. Yeah, because if he Michael's does have a gay doing friend. it, it's okay. Right. If Michael jumped off a bridge, it's okay to be gay. Exactly. Um, if Michael kissed a coworker without his consent, then it's okay to be gay. It's okay if you do it really, really slowly. <laughs> yeah, really slow, really painfully, and then tell everyone they want that he wants it burned into their brains every time they walk into the office. You know, he's not just telling the room, he's telling the audience at home, and it is. And it really is. I think it's something about how Oscar's lips don't move. That's what it is, and they look kind of like fish-like. Like clammy. Yeah, it's not like, yeah, and Michael's are the same too. It's like, like very kissing like, a clammy slow, fish. Slow, slow motion with no movement. <laughs> and Gross. And that does... It's just so much better knowing that that wasn't scripted and that yeah. that was real. What he was doing is like, well, <laughs> then, what's going on? Oscar saying, uh, <laughs> and great job to Oscar Nunez for not breaking, breaking character. Yeah, especially if everybody else was laughing. Because when Dwight does his, I don't know if that was scripted, but he's like kind of smiling at the end. That is really funny though that he jumps up. Yeah, he's like, Aww. we all need to do this. Yeah, yeah, but he like seems okay yeah i mean he's just following michael's lead like you said oh i guess we should talk about oscar he's gay all right he's uh mexican (laughs) we didn't learn that though (laughs) and he's smug he's (laughs) he uh you know he says he's got a low opinion of him of his coolness because he's just like a boring accountant and stuff which i get but him and gil still together Oh, Gil, his roommate? His roommate, Gil. I wonder if Gil knows he's gay, by the way. Good morning, Gil. (laughs) Gil. Um, That's from your favorite film, What About Bob? (laughs) Yeah. Do you remember when we used to be two new friends that were watching The Office? Yeah, that was the tagline of our podcast. Two new friends rewatch The Office. And now we've been friends for over a year. So we're actually old friends. Okay, well, let's get to our last few characters. Let's start with... What do you think, Jim or Pam? Jim. Okay, you already talked about a lot of Jim stuff. Yeah, he's in Stanford. Um, he's still, I mean, he's missing. There's a lot of really sad moments where you can tell he's really feeling lonely. Yeah. And rejected. He said he missed that when he gets to prank Michael. Yeah. And Dwight indirectly. He's pretty scared when Andy kind of goes off about the prank loses his freaking mind yeah and kicks the trash can yeah um i don't know i mean apparently he's a major character of the show because the like i said the documentary crew follows him yeah well i guess it's like the new office doesn't find him as charming as the old office right he's like a big tuna out of water (laughs) (laughs) nice (laughs) yeah i think that he uh you know, even when he does the pranks now, he's not getting the reaction he wants. Andy is uh, annoying, but in a way different way. Not as fun of a way to prank. Yeah, exactly. And he just hasn't found his groove there yet. That takes time. Yeah, it does. It's always hard to start a new job. And I feel like he maybe hasn't had a new job since high school or college or what. I don't know. He, he did go to college. So maybe he hasn't had a um, new he job. Did? I feel like he talks about his college roommate sometimes. Oh. Well, and then he uh, doesn't talk about Pam at all. No. The only question that was kind of that, he's like, promotion, view, blah, 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 Jim. You know you miss her. And, yeah, it's like implied. Yep. So, what about Pam? Pam isn't getting married to Roy. She has her own apartment. Um, She misses Jim, too, I think. Oh, yeah. I mean, she's trying to fill the void with Ryan, which she can't do. No. I feel like um, she hasn't really realized how much she misses Jim until there's those moments where she's, like, Mm -hmm. looking for his um, companion. 
ship. Is that a word? Yeah. And I think this is our first time being away from Roy, being single since probably high school, right? So it's probably a good time for her. Although I bet, you know, it's a show about the office. So they're not just explicitly like get into all your emotional state. But you think that Pam would be pretty upset, as would Jim, going back to his lonely little apartment in Stamford. Yeah, and how much time do you think has passed between the last episode and this one? Um, I think it's supposed to be almost real time. So, so this like, is like September, right? And then the last one would have been in May or June. I don't recall. Okay. But, you know, like the whole summer. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so there's been time to like settle in. Yeah. Which makes it even sadder that Jim doesn't have any real friends. And it makes it sadder that Pam hasn't really realized how much she misses Jim. Or maybe she does. I don't know. Like maybe... Under it all, she's just kind of lonely. I think she's in denial that that she uh, broke off the wedding for him. Yeah. She obviously hasn't told anybody that that happened. Except, except for her, her mom. mom yeah. yeah. But so she can't admit. It's not like, well, yeah, well, sure. Well, Jim kissed me, so I'm just working it out, which is like what everyone saw. But nobody else knows that. So instead, it's like, I was getting married, but then I uh, changed my mind. And I got cold feet yeah. a couple days before. Yeah, buy some which... socks pam yeah exactly i'm like you know what pam when it comes down to it you're in denial the whole time Mm -hmm. and i don't really know that i have patience for that because look what you put roy through look what you put jim through Mm. i know i do put a lot of blame on pam but i do think that she needs to take control of her life and get what pammy wants (laughs) old pammy i think she is struggling because she's not being honest with herself she she has a well and she's also with roy yeah she has like a huge secret because even if you say jim kissed her she kissed him a lot and then when he said i want to do that forever she said me too so yeah not in the best place honesty wise and now she's like i don't know if you like break up with someone and you say it's like for your own reasons that are perfectly platonic and stuff like that and that's not true I don't feel like you're ever going to get like proper closure with them. Exactly. And Roy is always just going to be wanting to win her back. I need and... to call my ex-girlfriend. <laughs> <laughs> uh, oh, no. Anyway. Yeah. So she doesn't play a huge part in this episode, but obviously her emotional state is a big part of the underlying tone of this episode. Yeah. Same with Jim. Good thing she has a fun uh, gay witch hunt to keep her mind off of yeah, it. Yeah, exactly. Oh, no. The witch hunt. <laughs> Things are so crazy um so and now the big guy second drink oh Oh. (laughs) i was gonna say michael what are you drinking what are you drinking over there well i'm drinking um i'm drinking an american pale ale from odell brewing company here in fort collins colorado hey about that um and then also some 10 high whiskey and a diet pepsi yes that's what i got and uh it's good stuff cheers cheers clink clink (laughs) can (laughs) okay so michael has some problematic terminology in this episode that's fair to say he's trying to be cool about the whole issue but he's not really um pulling it off like he says he's never made this mistake since junior high he really doesn't know that honestly he probably did make that mistake yeah and that he's so far the other way that's why he comes off that way because you know michael he's so hyper straight yeah and i feel like the whole tone of this episode is like saying you're either gay or straight but there's no room for any other sexuality creed (laughs) oh yeah that's true creed (laughs) thank god for creed he really creates space for gender fluid and or bisexual i don't think completely straight people stand around watching gay porn that long like like he's craning his neck to see her <laughs> someone. And Kevin too. Who knows? You yeah, know? yeah. Who knows? Um Although well we didn't talk about Kevin. He like just thinks it's hilarious that Oscar's gay. Yeah, he can't stop giggling. It's like the Anderson Cooper g- giggling video. He's got the giggles. Yeah. Well it's definitely even though that's not cool, it's less offensive than Angela, so yeah. And you can tell he's not going to stop being friends with Oscar. He just might make a couple jokes and then it'll be over. Yeah. I love Oscar, I think Oscar and Kevin's can... friendship. So Me I, too. I don't want this to get in the way of it. Me too. And I think that Oscar can um, put up with that. 
Yeah. Especially if he thinks really hard about his jokes. Doesn't yeah. just make the most knee-jerk, homophobic yeah. type thing. Um, but yeah, Michael, I, I don't know what else to say besides Michael is Michael. He will have a problem, make it a bigger problem, make it really offensive to everyone, make everyone come in for it a meeting mm-hmm. and then he'll make everyone feel bad for him yeah and then he's learned something by the end <laughs> he really does grow he does in yeah. kind of a season what type way actually yeah that's true i know we've seen this before he uh he like cries when he hurts oscar's feelings so he just really does want oscar the whole time he wants oscar to be included he's just so yeah. bad at it and he uh he wants to change minds he's just not he's a narcissist he's just not in the position to do this stuff yeah um and yeah we've seen that before he's like defensive about being called gay which is like the knee-jerk thing Um, but he's trying to be better and let's read a quote from steve carell about how he played this what he thinks uh he says he enjoyed the episode quote because it spoke to the fact that michael is not a homophobe he just doesn't understand the world They are two very different things. It's not that he's intrinsically racist or homophobic or sexist. He just doesn't have a frame of reference. He's not capable of understanding. And once he does glean some understanding, he misinterprets it into something altogether. But I think at least the way I feel about the character is he's a decent heart, a decent person. and He's just trying his best. Yeah, I agree with that. I mean, I think the most important thing is that the frame of reference, because Mm -hmm. it's true in real life, not just with Michael, but if you know somebody who is gay or like you know somebody who i don't know what else has he made fun of is a woman i don't know like if he ever met a woman i think he would change his mind well and then and then that goes to the when he does get some understanding he always interprets it in terms of himself like it's always like oh like i learned this and so now i'm a better human and you're like well I mean, yeah, yeah, I guess if you like had such a low standard to begin with, but yeah, and this one have the dynamic where he accidentally learns the lesson. I guess so. Yeah, but not not as in clean of a way as some of the other episodes. But like by kissing Oscar, or I really feel like he feels that way when Oscar says that that uh, that he's like s- small and you know, yeah, and closed minded and stuff like that, and then he's like. Oh man, this is what it feels like to be gay bashed, or <laughs> I don't know. And then through the kiss and stuff, he's like pretty much a fully accepting person. Yeah. But is he the murderer in our section? You never expect you are the murderer. We find out whether or not one of our beloved characters may, in fact, be a bad person. Yes and no, because I think what we said earlier is really relevant about Toby. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't know. Can you blame Toby for Mike? Like, knowing that Michael is a murderer and giving mm. him the murder weapon, <laughs> you he know? Uh, arrest a guy just for passing drugs on to someone else. Well, actually, what I do think, I don't think he's the worst person in the world. I think he does hurt Oscar. I think he should have been fired for this. That's That was one of my questions. Yeah. Is how did he not get fired? Because, I mean, Jan has to, like, three months salary, but their budget later on, you know, like, like, They've had to lay people off. Now they're gonna get rid of their one of their best two accountants. Like it's just it's just gonna be Angela and Kevin for three months, right? And Kevin doesn't do much. And also, they're gonna have to do all this diversity training for right. all the branches. Mm-hmm. And I mean that gives you a good perspective seeing how Stanford is reacting to it because um, obviously it's not just within the Scranton branch because. He's like, oh, we're going to have to do this training again because of something that happened to Scran. Well, he's, I, is that this or is that an earlier incident? But it's it's Mr. Brown giving the same speech about Hero. Yeah. And I don't know. So. So I'm going to say controversially, perhaps, that he's not the murderer. And Toby but I think is. An, I think Angela is. Angela. She makes no oh. effort to change. She's just as mean, judgmental, uh hate watches will and grace for some reason a christian because of harry connick jr he's so talented talented. which brings me to kevin's chilies okay so will and grace and then the l word i don't know michael 
And queer said, as fuck. Queer, yeah. Michael says that he does watch a few shows with gay people in them. When she, and he says he watches the L word. She says, oh, good. 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 Says, I watch queer as fuck. That's not what it's called. <laughs> oh, no. Um, the places. We got Sharper Imagery and Brookstone, which are basically the same place. But yeah. people. We got Harry Connick Jr. The... Did he play jazz? Mm, like Michael Buble. Oh, wait, no. Is he play? Guy? I know he's, he's like from New Orleans, right? I don't know. Uh, and Sir Ian McKellen. Oh, yeah. And we also have a reference to Gaydar. And that's a play on Radar. <laughs> oh. Yeah. And Radar is the Radio Detection and Ranging, which, my God, what an obnoxious acronym. Because they took the R and the A from radio. <laughs> R-A- Radio, D, detection, A, and, and then R, ranging. But I thought of some uh, acronyms for gaydar. Oh, no. Go and do your art, Ralphie. <laughs> <laughs> and then I went to a website called www.nameacronym.net, and I you can just put in any word, and it'll give you an acronym, and you can choose the genre. Um, so, like, oh. it came up with automatic of positive. It's like, for someone, if you're going to make, like, a stupid oh, sign yeah, for their yeah, name yeah. or something but i halloween related i found and the acronym is grim association yelping deed abomination <laughs> what about the r uh <laughs> good question I don't, I don't know what happened to that one and then alcohol related grain alcohol a good night kiss yellow fingers dalton a dixon thing referno <laughs> Anyway, I give that uh, I website like that a one. C-. I like that last one a lot. Referno? Grain alcohol. Oh, okay. I don't. What is referno? It's a type of inferno, but it's when you burn things previously. <laughs> it's my favorite Ninja Turtle. Referno. Yeah. So, is that it? Let's talk about our rating and our Dundee and then get the hell out of here. So, I would... Well, okay, so our rating system, you kind of have to know a little bit about us to know about our rating system. Um, it's based on our mood, mostly. Yeah, sure. And the also the, the moon. <laughs> it's based on the moon, mostly. Yeah. Um, so it's out of seven. Mm-hmm. The lowest one that you could possibly get is This Just Stinks. Yeah, This Just Stinks. And then Garbage the Cat. That's and, two out of seven. Yeah, and three is a little stitious. Four is Alfredo's Pizza Cafe. Five is Beach Day. Beach Day. Six is Pretzel Day. And seven, seven is, is absolutely, absolutely I, I do. do. What do you give this episode on our scale? Well, I'm I am famous for giving it Alfredo's Pizza Cafe. Oh, let's say it together. Oh yeah. Okay, I'm gonna give it. Wait, hold on. I gotta think of mine. Yeah, me too. <laughs> uh, uh. Okay. Okay. Ready? All right. Three, Three two, two, one. one. Beach pretzel day. day. Okay. Oh. No, close. I considered beach day too. I considered pretzel day for a split second. Beach and a half day. Beach and a half. All right. Well, because we have to agree now. That's our rule. Oh, okay. So I'm going to go to beach day because I, I wasn't particularly feeling pretzel day. I think I went a little high. I think, okay. I think it's okay. Okay. Um, It's a... It's an episode that maybe like didn't age the best, even though the right. protagonist is flawed, the show isn't, but still just like the whole content of it is um like the protagonist isn't bad enough. There's so many like things said in it that give you more of an uncomfortable feeling than a than a happy feeling, maybe. And I feel like the whole like plot mm -hmm. and having Andy and Karen there and like Jim going to Stanford yeah. is when you look back, you're like, eh, that's a good episode. Yeah, it's kind of disjointed, I think. And no one's hit their stride yet for this season because right. like, like the Stanford thing is going to be so much better on the one where they like do the expense reports. And like we're just heading towards some better places with a lot of these plots. So Right. Even the next episode in this season. Yeah. You know what? I'm going to I would go Alfredo's Pizza Cafe if you're if you're willing. Whoa, you're going you're going to continue to lower your expectation. Or your rating of this episode? Yeah. Let's just say right, we are. No. Okay. Okay. No, Beach Day. Beach Day. Okay, Beach, beach Day. Beach Day. 
<laughs> that was, that was a close one. All right. So who are we going to give our Dundies to, though? Um, I'm going to give my Dundee to Oscar Martinez. Me too. I mean, we have to. Because he's not just the victim. He also like stands up for himself in a very hostile environment. Uh, he's still funny. He he's... gets a vacation. Yeah, he wins big with that. He gets to go on a three-month paid vacation with a company car to Europe with his, his roommate Gil. Gil, yeah. Um. So yeah, Oscar Martinez for it's the coming out Dundee. Yeah. Even if you didn't you, want to, you didn't mean to share that part of your life with us, but. But here thank we are. you, Oscar. And I could be wrong, but I don't think that they planned on having Oscar be gay when they made the character, which I think is really great because it completely avoided him playing it in any sort of gay way earlier, like especially right. for early Audis type gay, you know, or mm-hmm. mid Audis, continuously being more well-rounded character. And then he turns out to be gay too. Um, I think maybe they turn that up a little bit later, but it's it's like within the realm of like, of a fun multifaceted interesting person all of them have those types of quirks exactly i mean later on he really fulfills the stereotype of the gay smug mexican but which uh yeah absolutely <laughs> actually all right well thanks for checking out this episode thanks for sticking with us during the the hiatus of the christmas break we're in our new studio it's a nice studio um it's on virginia dale <laughs> We're under the stars, finally. As in, we're under a bed. And a picture of Robert De Niro. <laughs> um, Who is also gay. Oh, a lot of people don't know that, including him yet. <laughs> but yeah, thanks for listening. Uh, go to our Facebook group for the Finer Things Club, where you can talk with other people that listen to this podcast and us about the episode and about other things about the office. That's... Thank you. <laughs> gay pride, right? Gay pride, gay parade pride. <laughs> Not gay shame festival. Yay. There's five words i don't say one is the f word it's not because i do say that every day the c word the r word and the n word and you decide what those words are i don't say the h word hell honky oh (laughs) honky oh (laughs) hell double hockey sticks (laughs) yeah here's other words i don't say um well i I couldn't possibly (laughs) (laughs) 